This is the Love Your Neighbor Project Podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Sonderager. Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to the Love Your Neighbor Project Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Sonderager, and today, joining me for a conversation, um, a pretty serious uh, and needed conversation, um, I am joined with my two friends from Counselors Associates. It's Mary Benhoff and Brandy Smith. Mary and Brandy, how are you both? Great. Doing great. Thank you for joining us. Uh, friends, if you don't know what we're discussing today, we're going to, be going to be having a discussion about depression during the holiday season and beyond. So we're going to get pretty serious today because um, this is something that's uh, obviously near and dear to all th- uh, three of us. And uh, just to give you some information on our guest, Mary Benhoff, she specializes in treating children, adolescents, and adults in the areas of anxiety and depression, self-esteem social skills, and stress management. Did I get that right, Mary? Yes, correct. Thank you. Awesome. And then Brandy, um, Brandy and I, by the way, we go way back. We go back to St. Charles, Missouri days in the 90s. Sorry, Brandy, I just kind of showed our age there. I hope you're okay with that. Totally fine. Embrace All right. <laughs> yeah, we own it, right? Uh, Brandy specializes in treating adolescents and adults, anxiety, um, couples therapy, depression, and parenting concerns. And I believe you said it was um, something with relationships too. Interpersonal relationships. So. Interpersonal relationships. All righty. Well, ladies, thank you both again for joining us today. Let's dive in. Um, so it's the holiday season and you both, uh, Mary, I believe you've been with Counselors Associates for three years, correct? Correct. Yeah. And Brandy, you've been there about five years, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is the time of the year that and this is a year like no other, 2020, um, everything, COVID, et cetera. So depression at the holidays, what's the best way to help people during this time? I think Mary and I would agree in the approach is just um, acknowledging that there is a struggle. Um, so that being said, you know, what does depression look like, feel like we have the information, but as trained therapists, we use something called the DSM-5 which is our, what we call our Bible that does diagnoses. So what I really want people to gain from this podcast is to better understand their symptoms and to be able to get some help and support. Um, Even if you have just a few of those, and I'll share those with you that come through our DSM-5 to help with diagnoses, um, we can help with that. We can help with just a simple conversation. Um, It seems that as Mike has said, the holidays do lead to some family interaction, um, maybe not as much this year due to COVID, but it does bring up what we call triggers and other emotions that can lead to some negative thoughts, um, which then impact our daily functioning. Um, I'll go into those, but Mary, is there anything you wanted to add to that that I missed? Yeah, just Brandy, along with what you're saying, um, a lot of just supporting one another and validating um, any kind of unwanted or um, like just feelings that we all get because I'm sure we're all kind of getting some you know stress around the holidays but also just stress and maybe more like sad feelings due to um, not being able to see maybe certain loved ones during the holidays that were maybe initially planned um, pre-COVID stuff so it's really important for us to just stay connected um, support each other and validate like, Hey, yeah, we're all going through this together. Um, 
hopefully won't last forever, <laughs> but just making sure that we can all uh, stick together during this time. Right on. So um, as we talk about this, because obviously you both have been in this line of work for some time, um, this year uh, in particular, have you noticed an uptick in people um, struggling with depression? I'd say absolutely. Um, and those, a lot of times anxiety and depression kind of coexist, right? Yes. And yeah. so absolutely, because depression is going to impact, like I said, your daily functioning. So it's going to impact your appetite is a big indicator. Um, like I said, the negative feelings of hopelessness, um, the feeling of impacting your sleep. So we do lots of sleep hygiene and working through that routine. Um, it's going to impact the ability to be optimistic. So you find yourself more pessimistic, more looking at the situation with what I refer to sometimes as the glass half full. Um, it's going to cause you to sometimes isolate, you know, so that you're not around those loved ones. And we're feeling that we didn't have, we don't have a choice right now, right? We're supposed to isolate to be safe, which is kind of a tricky feeling because we're humans who evolve and feed off of interaction. Um, some to the larger degree than others, you know, some just a little, but some get their energy from that. And so all of those things do contribute to our mood and the way that we're feeling. So absolutely with the regiment and the guidelines that we see, it has definitely impacted um, the way people feel and their mood. And considering, you know, with me specifically working more with kids, with children, um, I'm definitely seeing, you know, there's such a spike with, with not just depression, but with anxiety too, with the back and forth with school of what that looks like with like um, in-person learning, then hybrid learning, then all remote learning. It's, it's an adjustment for everyone, um, but it's definitely caused a lot of um, kind of like what Brady was saying, like hopelessness of like, man, my grades are not doing <laughs> well right now. Um, I feel like I'm a failure. Um, there's lots of like just feeling the want and drive to get up and feel motivated enough to get homework done, turn it in, uh, attend the Zoom calls with their teachers. So it's, it's really across the board, everyone, any age that's I think is just suffering with more anxiety and depression than, than pre COVID stuff. And you were just hitting on that with, um, with kids and adolescents, you're talking about grades. So what are some ways, um, I'm a parent, uh, I got two kids. Um, what are some ways you would recommend to help? Cause kids don't always express themselves, you know, eight year olds, they have a hard time with that. They want to, cause they're, you know, they feel this and then they, they get very upset. They could cry. They could yell, whatever. A 15 and a half year old might be a little bit more vocal about it, you know, but um, do you have any parental advice on the best way to help your kids in a moment like that when they're battling anxiety during this time? So with working with kids, I also work a lot with the parents as well. And that's a very common question um, that we get at the office. And I think the most important one is to um, be supportive and be patient with the kiddos, you know, because they're, they're trying, they are doing their absolute best during this time and they're processing and experiencing this pandemic along with us. Um, and so having those times where you have like frequent breaks 
throughout the day if there is like all online learning, like the parents are there with the kids, parents are working, kids are working, but making sure the kids have breaks to make sure that it's not all just school during the day. Um, trying to make school fun. <laughs> um, it's possible, but you gotta get pretty creative with it. Um, then also to recognizing when there is a heightened stress level. Um, so if kids tend to like shut down or maybe if, depending on the age, throw like tantrums, um, it's, it's something that parents need to watch out for and parents know their kids well, like they, they know what's best. And so it's, it'll be easy for them to see a change in behavior with their kids to then help support and adjust, um, you know, how to, how to help them the best they can. So it's, I think the most important thing, one of the most important thing is that consistency, that routine, that structure in a kid's day. Um, I know there was a time uh, where it was all like in-person, then hybrid, then online. So it was just super inconsistent. Um, so again, that goes back to that patience that the parents might need to have with their kids because their kids are adjusting the kids are probably going to be reacting. Um, so supporting them through that, but then having that space where they can openly express it in a safe environment, um, but then create like a game plan of, okay, how do we get through this math assignment? How do we get through this social studies quiz together? You know, helping them feel like they're not alone in this because they're not. That's helpful. Thank you. Uh, and game plan is a big one because sometimes if we don't, if we aren't intentional, we just kind of react. That's, we're not making the situation better. And I've been definitely guilty of that from time to time. Brand, anything else to add on that one? Yeah, to add a little bit and, you know, piggyback off what Mary said, I think establishing, especially now, most kids are, you know, either ending school or out of school with the holiday break. So we don't have those remote. So over the next couple of weeks, still be consistent with the routine. You know, um, because if we don't, and I know certain events lead to later nights and, but a consistent kind of habit of that, it's going to impact the child. Again, like I said early on, the eating and what we put in our body and the movement are most essential for kiddos too. I mean, adults, kiddos, any human being. Um, so being mindful of the impact that sugar might have, or, you know, the other kinds of foods that we put in our body that kids will respond in a behavioral way. Um, and another thing is Mike was saying, or Mary had made reference to like, if they have a tantrum is validating and helping them understand their feelings and using those I statements with them. And in, in a sense of like, I can see that you are feeling frustrated right now and that's okay. And physical touch uh, for most kiddos, I mean, we have some on um, spectrums that aren't comfortable with that, but knowing your child that, you know, sometimes a hug or a smile can go a long way um, to improve someone's move or even mood or change um, and decrease the reactive, but also, you know, validating the way that they feel. And then they feel like, okay, they get me. My parents understand how I'm feeling. And so it isn't the struggle of I'm feeling this way and nobody even understands me either. Um, and I think sometimes even with teenagers, you know, I don't, I try not to, cause I have two of them myself to mm -hmm. say, Oh, I remember feeling that way. Cause then they think, Oh, she has her own experience. I tell them like, I can't imagine what it's like to have and grow up in the time that you're growing up. And so I acknowledge the difference within them. Um, 
And so they're more likely to share their experience because it isn't mine. And I know, and you know, Oh, mom's experience. It's not similar because it is That's helpful mm-hmm. because I've been definitely guilty of doing the other thing. Mm-hmm. I try not to, but yeah. Thank well, you for that. Sure. It's a learned skill. I mean, this is what studying psychology and having these opportunities have led to. So Mike, it's, it's very normal and typical for you not to know that, um, but something to share and to consider when conversating, especially with those adolescents. Would you just say the same is true for, um, well, a lot of this is true for adults too? Oh, Similar approach? Absolutely. Um, adults, when you're referring to like depression or the way to to de-escalate situations or? Um, let's just say um, anxiety or depression, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, I, adults are anxious about different things than children and uh, adolescents, but they still have, there's still some similarities there at times. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like the things that I had mentioned, if you notice, you know, appetite changing, sleep changing, um, ability to do things that used to be pleasurable. That's a big one too. You know, mm-hmm. like um, if you enjoyed art and then all of a sudden you're not getting that enjoyment through doing that activity, that's an indicator. Um, I always support, you know, it's never a bad thing to be evaluated or to come visit one of us and we can help you through that process um, to navigate because it is on a spectrum, you know, depression, there are different levels of depression and some other disorders have depressive um episodes. And so we want to help define so that we can treat those symptoms. It's like going to the doctor with a broken arm. You don't, you know, if you fall off your bike and you break your arm, you don't just assume it's broken. You go to the doctor who evaluates, who x-rays, and then comes up with a treatment plan to help that bone heal. And so we feel that way about the mind and the thoughts. And so we want to help with that. And you are helpful. Yeah. I've, I've gone and I'm, and I'm very appreciative of it. And I'm, and I'm not finished, <laughs> you know, uh, you don't see me, but you know, I, I want to acknowledge the fact that man going to somebody, um, for help regarding anxiety or depression, it's nothing to be ashamed of. And it's, it's needs to be addressed, you know, and, and we've done the same thing, uh, for kids at times too. Mm-hmm. And well, no have. Yeah because I think taking that stigma out of it, and I always tell my clients, the healthiest people seek help, help. You know, they, the healthiest thing, because so many people are like, oh, I've had even people tell me, like, I've told my child, if they don't behave, I'm gonna send them to you. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not a punishment. I'm a healthy person who can help them with their health and their mental health happens to be the thing that we focus on. Um, So it's not a punishment. Healthy people seek help. I like and that that. there is still such a mindset where you have to have something like quote unquote really wrong with you in order to get mental health help. But in reality, and, and Brandy, I don't know about you, but like, I think the majority, like a lot of people that come to our office are just average everyday people that are like, Hey, like my family is making me mad or Hey, my work is making me frustrated. Like I need to have a third party to just listen and help me through this um, by like new skills, new way of thinking and just process through it. So it, it doesn't have to be 
you know, one end of the spectrum or the other. It can just be those people that are like, man, I'm just more stressed right now because I'm expecting to do all the stuff for the holidays, get all the gifts wrapped, plan meals, you know, stuff like that. So it is stressful for everyone. So, you know, just normalizing that anyone and everyone can benefit from it if you're open to it. That's great. That's really helpful. Thank you, Mary. And um, so this kind of goes along with validating. Um, we we're talking about validating the uh, the feelings of adolescents, and the same in validating adults is is really important to do as well. Um, obviously, you say you say it different. Is there is there a great way? Is there a great method in doing so? Because I feel like it, with adults, you sometimes oh gosh, I'm walking this really fine line here and I don't want to like offend somebody or that. So when it comes to, are you saying like just validating another person that's like, validating, yeah, their feelings like, so if they're going through something, a struggle that maybe you can or you cannot uh, um, personally understand or you haven't mm-hmm. been through that. Yeah. You know, for some I think um, for those who don't or haven't learned the appropriate active listening skills, we are quick to respond to what we hear. And for some people, those who are just need a listening ear um, tend to benefit from just sitting there with that person and not even talking. You know, like as, as therapists, sometimes that's what we do because we need that open floor for them to really get all their thoughts and feelings out and then saying, I hear you, I'm here with you through this. Um, I might not know exactly what you're going through, but I can understand how painful it is. And I'm with you through this, you know, just really being present with them is one of the most important things because, you know, some of us maybe um, depending on the age, we're on our phones and we're quick to like just respond to messages or even when people are talking to us, we're like sending text messages or Snapchatting or whatever you want to do. So we need to be sure that we are a hundred percent present phones away. Any distractions are not, um, you know, around us and making sure that we can be with that person in that moment. That's helpful. Thank you. So with the holiday season here, um, and we're talking about, anxiety and depression um and this year being way different because i know in the past uh the holidays well gosh they can be a distraction for some you know because we're able to get together right you know but this year we can't so um uh in your in your opinion your expertise what are some great ways for us to help those who feel isolated right now who probably are depressed and that we cannot reach um, or we cannot meet together, but we can still reach things we should look out for, just make a more concerted well, effort to reach out to them. Yeah. Mike, that's a good point. And especially with the way things are going with the pandemic is yeah, to be creative and how to reach out. I know that Lots of people have learned how to utilize Zoom. I'll be one that never even knew it was such a thing until now and get creative with that. So a way to um, approach, um, you know, I went back to old, had my kids write letters to their grandma um, just to stay connected. 
um, that's a great to idea. Help keep conversation open and something that she can read again and again, who was super grateful for that. Um, so again, getting creative and finding those opportunities to feel more connected. Um, we do have the devices. I know Mary just made reference about, you know, being in session and not having, but you know, <laughs> yeah. it could be a simple text. It could be a fun little that you send. So using that within good boundaries, right? Um, but these are just a few things to add. First and foremost, I find it really important that you have to take care of yourself though, too. You know, we have all these other people who are going to support us, but one being the most important and what I call within your circle of control is yourself. And so really focusing on self-care. And I know we talked about this prior to the podcast or airing with the podcast, but making an effort to do so. And they could be little minutes of opportunity. They do not have to be an entire day that's expensive away from home or whatever. It could be moments of, you know, movement, whether it's walking around the house or to the mailbox and back. I mean, those are all moments of self-care. Utilizing a deep breath, you know, lots of time spending some quiet time. I'm going to be transparent. Mine has to be in the bathroom sometimes. You know, you lock the door and you're in there and you take a couple deep breaths before you come out. Um, Getting outside, even bundling up, being with nature outside, all of these things contribute as well as I said, you know, sleep, food are huge. Um, The right foods, not the uh, late night junk eating that I've been doing during this year. It's just hard right now, right? People are making cookies and you're making sweets because you're home more. And, you know, that's a way to um, relax, but maybe you make them and you give some to the neighbor and you keep some for home so that you don't have them all there, but you can still enjoy them and enjoy the cooking process. And and trying to talking about the health aspect and what we're putting in our bodies. Okay. Guilty of it. Uh, Alcohol, you know not exactly always the most helpful thing you know we think it is but it's not uh, that's probably something that this year in particular people might have been indulging in more would you say that leads to sometimes more um, anxiety or just that people try to cover it that way try to cover it up Absolutely. You're right on it. You know, we use ways to adapt to our stress that we find that are relaxing. And and for some that is consuming alcohol, Um, like anything else, we have to find a balance, you know, what's healthy and, and what's within, is it impacting our daily functioning? Are we having trouble getting up in the morning? Are we consuming for the wrong reasons to escape or numb? And that takes some self-reflection and we as trained can help you with that too. Without judgment, Mary had mentioned validating, you know, being in a room with someone and they're sharing, we have no judgment. We do not judge people's experiences. We're there to- Amen, (laughs) hallelujah. And, you know, that's something that people have to personally put themselves and take a risk. And you never have to share anything that you're not comfortable sharing. We won't ask questions. And we may, but you can decline by any means. Um, But just knowing that, you know, we're there judgment-free and to validate and to help you meet your goals and feel better. So I think that's a pretty normal, like it's a common response that we instantly do 
gravitate towards more of those like indulgences um, because we we're looking for those like quick feel good um, types of behaviors. And um, I don't know many people that are like, hey, I'm feeling really sad. I'm going to go out on like a five mile run and then eat a salad. You know, like we're thinking, I want to go to fast food. I want to have a drink. I just want to binge watch uh, Netflix and stuff. So it's like, I think it's a just validating that it is something that we do. We're humans. You know, we're, we're flawed in our own beautiful way. <laughs> but then like what Brandy said, but then really kind of checking and reflecting is like, okay, is this, you know, is this too much or is this just part of like short term stuff where I am going to get back into my more healthy mindset um, with what I put in my body and what I do for exercise. So just saying that, you know, it's not the healthiest thing in the world, but again, we're humans and we're going to just do what makes us feel good um, short term, but then also mean to look long term too. Got it. Thank you. So Brandon, I, I think I cut you off on the, uh, when you were discussing, cause I went to the alcohol thing. We were talking about the, um, what we put in our bodies. Uh, was there some other things regarding self-care and taking care of oneself um, that I missed or that you want to, either one of you wanted to um, add on to? I'm thinking what I, um, I think that I covered most, but anything that you know, that you feel that you have pleasure in, right? That that creates that sense of joy or even calmness or, so every person is an individual. I can give some ideas, but you might have your own that, but just really being more conscious of those. And I call them sprinkling them throughout the day is what I try to work towards. So not necessarily spending an entire day or a weekend or a trip. It doesn't have to be that way. Just sprinkling like sprinkles on a cupcake throughout the day so that you can reboot and feel better to balance out the moods. Got it. And that makes know, a lot of sense. Yeah. And with it being colder weather, um, I know it's hard to maybe have that motivation to want to get out. Um, but you know, during this pandemic, I've been walking my dog a lot more frequently, just kind of getting out and, you know, pets are the best in the world. Like any dog or whatever you have. We're thinking so, about it. We're, we might pull the trigger finally on getting a dog. We've been, yeah? yes, well, I'm extremely biased. So I'm saying go do it. But, <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, just being with your pet. So even just being with loved ones, like if you feel like a little bit more down and you're like, man, I could really just talk to a friend, that's even self-care because that's you taking that time and saying, hey, I need to um, get this out that I'm feeling. Um, sometimes um, people view cleaning as more of a chore than anything, but it's such a healthy way to organize your thoughts too because we're organizing the space around us. Um, so there's tons of, I mean, I think that's self-care and coping skills. They're so unique because it really is dependent on the person, the individual of what they're wanting to do and what their interests are. So I can say, Hey, like, you know, reading books are super good, but I'm not going to recommend that to someone that hates reading. Sure. <laughs> um, maybe they're more drawing or coloring, um, so whatever that could be, or even just listening to music. So it's, it's really dependent kind of like what Brandy Which said. Which I think is a great idea. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it really is kind of just up to what 
you want to do and making sure that it's a healthy choice that you can make for yourself. And Brain said, sprinkle it throughout the day. You don't have to spend money. You don't have to go to spa or, you know, anything like that. Just little stuff throughout the day because we can make that time. We just have to, you know, find what can work for us. That's really helpful. Um, you were, so we're talking obviously about self-care and like these are the steps we can be doing. So what if, and so we're on the opposite side of this. So what um, people that are needing, um, need, needing those people to reach out to them. So what can we be doing as uh, now that we've been doing this to help our, to help ourselves and the self-care side of things, what can we be doing to helping those that are really um, struggling with the self-care? That's the question. Yeah. What can we do to help those that are struggling with self-care? I think it can go both ways here. So one way is like reaching out saying, Hey, I'm going to go on a walk. Would you like to join me? Um, But then also it needs to come from a person that might be suffering from or lack of self-care because they need to recognize that it might need to be upped in their day, but then also recognizing and, and understanding that there's a sense of humility there and knowing that, Hey, like I can't ask for help. Um, and, and that I don't have to know everything. I don't have to always be on my A game <laughs> um, and, and feeling comfortable saying like, hey, I need your help. I need you to be able to get me out of this rut. So let's go on a drive or um, let's just, you know, go to a coffee shop and drink some coffee and talk for a bit. So it can go both ways, but obviously, you know, being able to reach out and still stay connected, that's one of the benefits of having electronics you know having a phone is person's just a phone call away so checking in on your loved ones maybe people that um, haven't really reached out too much or haven't really spoken much during this time so thinking okay that can go back to that loneliness that isolation just making sure that um you know just that they're there that hey you're you're thinking of them and that goes a long way i agree Brand, anything else? You know, Mary said it very well and staying connected. And I know again, because we hit the pandemic and how do we do that in safe way right now, right? And so being okay with um, wearing a mask um, and allowing those, the loved ones who could be at risk, creative ways to interact. Like I said, for instance, writing the letters um, personally, not able to see my extended family. So I'm delivering food on her front porch to show on Christmas Eve. Um, so finding different ways to give back, even if you're feeling lack of connection, volunteering in a sense from afar, a nursing home, making Christmas cards and sending them, um, connecting with the Ronald McDonald house and making cards for children. If that, Um, so that goes more out into the community, not necessarily like the question you asked, Mike, I'm sorry, I went a little further out, but particular to, um, those that you're concerned with, um, there are measures for people. Also, if you're really concerned and you find that you're not able to get a hold of them, um, we do have ways of wellness checks. So let's say it goes to the extreme and you're not in contact with a loved one and you're concerned about their well-being and their, you know, maybe, experienced depression in the past and you feel like it's increased, um, wellness checks are 
when the police, you call the police and they will go over and physically do a check. Um, if you feel like you're mentally able to do that and just, you know, still keeping six feet, I would recommend that too. Sure. Um, utilizing the resources, as Mary said, that we have to support our community and our loved ones. Um, if you're seeing it in a child and you're a parent, then obviously there are counseling services to help assess and evaluate. So getting them um, into a session with a therapist, um, but many ways to kind of help, but also I think a lot of people feel like they have to be the expert. I actually had a personal example um, of a friend calling a young adolescent who was concerned about her friend saying, you know, she wanted to take her life. And she said, she's bawling. She's saying, what do I do with this girl? I'm not sure. And I said, it's okay. You're not trained to know. So I'm so glad you called me. Right. And I just said, it's normal to feel this pressure. And so I normalized the girls that was calling concerned about her friends, feelings and behaviors. And then I had her take a deep breath. And I said, how old is she? And I said, we need to contact and she was 19, but we contacted a loved one that could watch her and stabilize to make sure that she stayed stable. Um, sure. And then there's, you know, obviously medical professionals and other avenues if it's more severe. Another thing I know Mary had mentioned is we um, will share with Mike a list of resources for those that may be the extreme, whether it be a suicide hotline number um, and other text options. Um, so that people can receive that support that you can also share with those that maybe be in higher levels of distress. All right. So my question is, if you are to make a wellness check, um, a request one, do the police say, yeah, Mike is concerned about you. So we're just stopping by, or is it anonymous? That I am not a hundred percent sure. I think that um, it doesn't hurt to always call to double check. Um, I haven't personally experienced anyone that has made the wellness check themselves. So I've never gotten a response of like, Hey, yeah, they, they knew it was me or, Hey, I wanted to keep it anonymous. Um, but again, that's something that you could always ask um, your local you know, police and making sure that you know, if, if you want to remain anonymous, maybe there's a way to do that. Um, but, you know, just at the end of it, it's all about just making sure that the other, you know, everyone's safe and um, we can get through this. So, yeah. Thank you, Mary. That's helpful. We're, get, we're in the holiday season. We're getting past this. Um, and hopefully 2021 will be a brighter year and that people will see that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Help people see the glass is half full. Um, and hopefully people will, after this podcast, I'm hoping and, uh, and beyond, um, that people will turn to, to help that people will go to counselors, that people will, um, realize that that is, that's a really normal thing to seek for help. It's a healthy thing. Um, I could not encourage that more. I mean, I possibly could, maybe I'll go write a song about it, but I don't know if that's me encouraging it more yet. Um, but I would like to say to anybody listening, please, uh, yeah, uh, reach out to a friend, family, reach out to somebody that's a professional because, uh, it is, um, it's it, for your, it's a good way to love, love yourself. Mm -hmm. And maybe that sometimes, 
um, something people aren't always good at doing. I know I've been bad about it at times. But anything else to add, ladies? What have I missed today? No, I think that you sum that up pretty well by the end and, you know, putting yourself first and taking in consideration and checking in on your own feelings, not suppressing them or, you know, denying them, I guess. Some people we go through and we're like, oh, I have to help my son or my daughter, but your healthiest version of yourself is to take care of yourself first. Um, without that, then you aren't your best version of yourself for those others that you're you know, loving or taking care of. So um, please, please make yourself a priority and acknowledge that there are trained professionals who will not judge, validate and help you depending on, I mean, it could be all different spectrums of life um, to support. So I say when you're seeking, you know, there's resources, there's psychology today, go on websites. Lots of times there's bios on our personal website at Counselors Associate. We all have a bio and read them, you know, see if there's anybody you connect with and you'll know and start there um, and then have a few sessions. And if it, we tell all our clients in an intake, if it doesn't feel right, there is no wrong or no personal that we will feel or get upset if we recommend someone else. So not all personalities, mesh well you know that in relationships probably you've had in the past and so acknowledging and that's a skill of advocating for yourself that we will definitely support um and moving forward and and feeling better our goal is to help people feel better right on thank you brandy mary anything to add yeah i mean brandy just summed it up you guys summed it up pretty well um just gonna add off that is that you know this is a really tough time for all of us with all ages, but you know, the, the most important thing is to stay connected, checking in on each other, but making sure, like Brandy said, that you're a priority. Um, I think most of us have lived with the mentality of we have to take care of others first. And then if there's time, we can take care of ourselves, but we can't be our best selves to help others if we're not making that time um, to us first. You know, some people call it selfishness, but it's the complete opposite, you know, it's, you've got to make that time for you in order for you to best help others. Um, so it's a positive ripple effect that it causes. Yeah. And um, just knowing that, you know, we're, we're all here together. <laughs> we're all going to make it out of here in one piece, um, just in due time. But yeah, um, you guys, again, summed it up really well. Well, so did you, my friend. Thank you. And uh, Mary Benoff and Brandy Smith, both from Counselor Associates, website is uh, counselorassociates.com and uh yeah read the bios um i know that was helpful for me you know uh when i was um seeking um some help and so that was very helpful to me and obviously you know you you know you either would connect or you don't um but for me i did so that's good and uh one other thing that stuck out um brandy you mentioned the thing about the no judgment thing i said and that goes forever for all of us too when we're listening to others um and it's not to not to judge them or to make them feel guilty. I think that's something that, who, I think it, I've experienced on both ends, um, uh, and I try really hard to be non-judgmental. And um, I, it, that's kind of something that's taken time to be, get better at. But you also have to be very mindful of it, you know. And uh, for me personally, on, on, um, when it comes to my faith, it's just like <laughs> I have no room to do that, to, to judge others. 
just love and listen seems to be the uh, good approach. So uh, I appreciate you both um, sharing all of this today. So this has been very helpful and uh, man, I'm just very grateful that you spent time today to talk to me and to share this information, not only with me, but everybody listening and you know, talk about the ripple effect. They can keep that going. And so this was, this was a blessing. So thank you both, Mary. Thank you both. And Brandy um, have a Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Um, if you have a Festivus for the rest of us, by golly, do your Festivus, you know, and, uh, and a happy new year. Thank you both. Thank you for having us. My pleasure. Love your neighbor. You've been listening to the Love Your Neighbor Project Podcast. Join us again next week. And remember, love your neighbor. You don't know me and I don't know you. The time is now for us both to choose and do something better. Love is the answer.